Good evening, good evening. This is Will Holmes with Baltimore Means Business. This is session six. Welcome to session six of the Baltimore Means Business Entrepreneurship Growth Program. This is our very last class for this cohort. Next week, everyone will be doing a presentation to a, a bunch of bankers who are anxious to see what you've learned uh, I'm very confident in, in both tracks. We put a lot of time in, and I'm certain that everybody's going to do really well. Obviously, we have this week to prepare, so if you want to schedule a call with me, you can. I actually, I, I definitely uh, recommend that you do, so we can make sure that you have all of your questions answered and you're ready to present next Monday night. But tonight, during our last class, we're going to talk about preparing for capital and essential documentation. Okay, this is a pretty straightforward class. Uh, you probably are familiar with, I'd say 30, 40, if not more of, you know, percent of it, uh, because I'm sure at some time you've applied for cap, I'm sure, I'm sure you applied for some type of loan or some type of credit line, you maybe purchased a home or a car. So I'm sure you're probably pretty familiar with it, but I just wanna make sure that everyone is on the same page and ready for next week. I want you to know what, how a banker thinks. I want you to know how a lender thinks or how an investor thinks so you, you can speak to them uh, appropriately when you get in front of them. I want to thank our, uh, our panelists who have agreed to uh, help us this week. So Caitlin Bernal, from, uh, she works with a crowdfunding uh, organization called Kiva. Janice Walker, who has always been a great supporter of our program. She's with the Department of Labor. She's gonna talk about all types of programs that you can, you can find for businesses uh, to help you with your funding. Jim Peterson with M&T Bank, he is outstanding. He's been with M&T Bank actually probably a short time in relation to the time he spent with, with Baltimore City running their Small Business Resource Center. So he has a tremendous amount of information and of course, access to all types of resources. He'll be sharing with those with us tonight. Then we have Kelly Swan. Kelly is a fantastic investor. She has a lot of investments in real estate, but also she's certified to help people to understand how to access their business credit. So she's gonna be on and you can, you can talk to her about that. Uh, we had that request earlier in, in the, uh, during I think maybe session one or session two from one of the, one of your cohort members, fellow cohort members. So we actually went and found her. I've actually known her for a while. Uh, but so this is the first time I'll be working with her in this regard, talking about business credit. Uh, so I, I expect nothing but greatness from her tonight. And then McKeever Conwell, he is a uh, serial entrepreneur, but also he has been supporting entrepreneurs through uh, connecting them to investors, uh, running investment funds, and so he'll be able to give great information on that. He actually will not be on tonight's uh, panel. He'll be on tomorrow night's panel for track two, but uh, I can definitely connect you with him if you're interested in looking for investors. But as far as the agenda, we've already talked about the final presentation template. We went through that, answered your questions there. I'm gonna do the presentation to talk about preparing for capital. And then after that, we'll get into our, our panel discussion. And also, if you could, anyone who's, who's actually listening, if you could do me a favor and just place your, your mics on mute, just so we can have a great listening experience for everyone who uh, will watch this recording later. 
So when we talk about uh, access to capital, preparing for capital, here are the topics I want to go over quickly with you tonight. Like I said, I know you are pretty familiar. I just want to level set, make sure we're on the same page. So we're going to, I'm going to talk about understanding your value proposition is very important when you talk to a lender. Knowing your customer and industry, also very important. Knowing your growth strategy. How are you going to grow this business? How are you going to make more money? How will you pay the money back? Building a relationship with, with funding partners, so different types of lenders. And then, of course, the normal documentation that you can expect them to ask for when you go for a loan or a line of credit. So understanding your value proposition. And also, if you remember, I covered this as part of the presentation packet that we'll be talking about next week. And we've talked about value proposition before and during the classes. But in particular, when you're talking to a lender, you want to talk about the benefits that you offer your customers. Okay. What's in it for them? Why do they buy from you? What need are you filling in the market? And that you understand that it's not, oh, they should buy this, right? Oh, this is great. They're going to love this. Or I think they should buy it. No, it's not about you. It's all about the customer and what they want, and what they've said they're going to buy, or what they've shown that they normally buy, and the need you found in the market. And you've done your research, and you understand, oh, they really need this, and they're willing to pay this amount uh, for, each, you know, for each item. Also with your value proposition, because see, the customers can go anywhere. What's special about you? What's your unfair advantage? We talk about that in the, in the final presentation. What separates you from your competition? Why do your customers choose you? Remember, we have your testimonials in there too. You see, everything is linked. Everything has a reason in that presentation. You want to show that lender that you're special. You're connected to your customers. You know what they want and need. You know what they usually buy. You know how much they're going to pay. More about knowing your customer, because it's super important, they're buying patterns in history. So you should, of course, if you have past customers, you should know when are your busy seasons, when do they usually buy, how much do they usually buy. And whether this is business to business, business to direct to consumer, or business to government, it's all the same. You should know the buying patterns in history. When's their fiscal year? When do they start looking for people to put into their budget for the following year? What's that cycle like? Okay. If they're individuals, you can go on BSL, I'm excuse me, BLS, Bureau of Labor Statistics.gov. You can go right there. I showed you that before when we were talking about B2B, B2G, B2C. You can go right there and see what percentage of their, of their income do they spend on this particular type of product that you sell. And now when we talk about how big the market is, for that, you have to, of course, know your demographics. If it's businesses, how big are the businesses? And how many employees do they have? What kind of revenue do they have? Where are they located? If it's government, what agencies are you going after? If it's consumers, then how many of them are there in an area? If you're selling to African-American women, ages 45 to 60, income levels, let's say 50,000 plus, how do you find them? Like we said before in class, you go to census.gov. You can go there and get an idea of how many there are in certain geographical areas. If you know where they are, then you can market to them by using certain channels that they would use in order to find information. You also want to show your banker that, that you know, like, look, my customers, the way they find information is on Facebook. I have a Facebook group and then I do live shows and a lot of shows on Facebook. And I've got an Instagram where I go live and I do all these things to keep them totally connected to me all the time. I've got this many followers and this percentage of them actually buy something every single month. 
Knowing those kinds of things is very important. It shows you're connected. Knowing your competition, okay? What do they do well? Nothing wrong with that. If anything, if you know what they do well, you can copy it. I mean, not break any laws or, or infringe upon their uh, copyrights or trademarks or, or any of their patents. I'm not saying that. But if they are great at customer service and you see that they do a lot of different things to engage their customers on social media, hey, you know what? Uh, Jim's, Jim's uh, landscaping, I, they're great. I think they offer some great products and services, but we're better because we do what they do and we take it to the next level with A, B, C, D, and E. Next, what do your sales projections say? Now, we've been working on cash flow projections for months now. I mean, excuse me, for weeks now, rather. So you should know in and out what, what you're projecting to do over the next year or so, if not further out. But what do they say? You should know that. And you, But it should not just be, oh, I'm a really hard worker. I think I'm going to make a lot of money. No, it's based on what my customers normally do in, in different parts of the year, based on slow seasons, busy seasons, based on me maybe working on different parts of the country at different times of the year to make up for slow seasons here locally. We should expect these kinds of sales. And here's what, and here's exactly why. Not, oh, we're going to do 10,000. Well, why 10,000? That's what the banker will say. Well, why 10,000 sales? What's that? You want to do 10,000 every single month? Why is that? It never goes down. You should have, you know, you should be able to project. But if you, remember, we talked about telling a story. Each box, every month, and every line item, it should tell a story. You should be able to have that conversation. I know you can. Next, how is your industry tre trending? Once again, bls.gov, you can go there, you can see how your industry is doing, plus all those other websites I gave you during that class, B2B, B2C, B2G, you can go there and see what your industry is doing. And then what's next in your industry? Hopefully you're taking time every week to learn, stay, stay on top of how your industry is going. Is it slowing down? Is it getting better? Is there new technology? Is, is there other things your competitors are doing that's giving them an unfair advantage? Okay, you should know that you should know that. And you want to say that to your banker so they can be confident so that you know what this person is really on top of their business. I want to give them some money. We're, I, mean, I want to loan them some money because they should have no problem paying it back. What's your growth strategy? And look, we, we usually we focus on with the uh, 12 month projection just really a year out. I mean, for the purpose of this class, I just really want to teach you how to do it. Okay, but there's no reason you can't extend that out to as many years as you want. Obviously, updating it as you go to make sure that because it should be a living, breathing document. But every box for every line item should tell a story. So if so, if someone asks you, well, look, why do you think you're going to do that in December where normally it was slow last year? Well, we were in COVID last year and the year before that is usually our best our best month. So I expect us now that COVID's done us to go back to where we were at least close to it in 2021. That's the kind of answers, confident answers based on numbers you should be able to get. How does funding help you to grow? Specific, not just, oh, we'll be able to make more money. Like, no, this will allow me to buy another truck, to hire three new people, uh, buy another truck for $10,000 and a monthly payment of 300 bucks a month and have it paid off in two years. I mean, you know, things like that for three years. Things like that where you're talking at numbers. That's what bankers and lenders want to hear, okay? How much of your money will you invest in your business? How much skin in the game do you have? What needs to happen for you to make this thing grow? You should know these things. What are your assumptions? So I assume I'm going to get 1% of the market. 
So if I know there are a hundred customers, I'm just going to just get 1%. That's one. So, so census.gov told me there are a hundred customers. I'm going to try and just get one customer. That's 1% of the market share. Okay. If I still make money with 1%, then if I do better than that, we're going to have a really successful business. Remember conservative on the money you're going to make, but you know, add a little padding to your expenses. You still make money. You've got a good setup, got a good business model. How will you pay the money back? That's obviously very important to the lender. Most people don't even think about that. They just think about getting the money, but how much do you need and why? Okay. When can you start paying it back? So in your cash flow projections, right? When you take it to go talk to your lender month eight, you may say, well, look, based on my projections, I need my expenses for the first six months are $50,000. If you can loan me $50,000 and then I start paying it back in month six and then you show it in your cash flow, that's a new expense line item where month six, that $400 payment every month for however long, you need to show that so you can show like, look, this is what the money's for and this is what I'm gonna start paying you back. Remember, everything tells a story. How will you pay it back? Well, obviously you're gonna use the customer's money to do that because you're gonna be making sales. Do you need long, like a long-term payment? Or maybe you just need a credit line where you can each month, because you, your, your, your clients maybe pay you, have a 15-day or, or 25 or 21-day net payment terms. You can use your credit line to just kind of pay things as, they, as needed. And then when you get paid by your customer, you pay it off on time the first of the next month. So you never extend balances over month to month. You just need that money to kind of just keep things going so you don't, you know, you're not late paying off, you know, paying your, your vendors or paying your bills or, or, you know, do you need investors? Do you need partners? Maybe you have a certain specialty, but you really need someone who's great at marketing and sales. Do you need a lender? Do you need actually need some money to make this happen? If so, how much? What's in it for the, what's in it for the lender? Okay. Remember lenders want to get paid back. They're, they want to avoid risk. An investor wants to make money. So for an investor, it's not just, Oh, I want to get, I, I want to get paid back hundred thousand dollars. Like, no, I want to make $500,000 or, or $1 million. I give, I loaned you, I, I invest 100,000. I want to make five times, 10 times what I, what I put in. Okay. And so you got to be able to show that you have enough room in your, in your business for, and, and in your business model where you can make enough money to make that much money and then still have profit left over. And still, of course, having enough money left over to pay your normal expenses. So you can pay them out in a certain number of time, a certain amount of time. Okay. But that's, what's in it for them. Lenders want to, they just want to avoid risk. They want to lend to people who can pay them back, but the investors, they want to make money with you. So you would, uh, you know, when you talk to them, you would have that in mind. That's what's in it for them building a relationship with funding partners. Okay. Not all banks like your industry. You may have a bar. Maybe your bank doesn't, doesn't work with bars or, or certain types of industries that they consider, you know, risky or not in their, you know, in their uh, desired portfolio. And you should ask them like, Hey, do you guys usually lend money before I, 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 you know, I open up this account or before I, I do all this paperwork, do you all even lend money to bars? And they say, well, you know, not usually. Well, okay, maybe you should look around, talk to some other bars, ask them, bar owners, and ask them where they got their money from, okay? Uh, same thing for other investors or other funders. 
Do they like your industry? Do they see upside in your industry? Is it, is it on their list of industries not to loan to? You should meet with them and understand what they want. Okay, I'm gonna go in a second talk about the normal paperwork they would ask for, but you should have that meeting, not going and begging. We don't go and beg. We've been through this class. We know what they're asking for. So it's not about begging for some money. It's like, look, I know how much I need. It can take me three, if I, if I do it on my own, it's gonna take me three to five years to save up enough money to buy this new truck. If you, but if you give, if you lend it to me now, I can, accelerate all that and, and have that new truck next month and increase my revenue and my profits from from 20,000 a year to 200,000 a year. And here's here's the numbers. Like that's the kind of conversation and confidence you need to have. Okay. But they may say, you know, that sounds good, Mr. Holmes, but your credit, we need a 700 credit score. You've got 680. You're like, what? Oh, man. Well, and so it's, but then you don't walk away all upset. You say, well, look, okay. What else do I need? Well, you know, your debt to income ratio is, you know, it's pretty good, but it's really that credit score. We can get you up 20 points and then you're gonna set a project plan to meet with them. Say, look, okay, I'm gonna, we're gonna talk every single month. I'm gonna work on this. I'm gonna get my debt to income ratio even lower. So that way you, you make them a partner. You should walk out of there as a, with, a, with a partner. And if your banker doesn't wanna do that, find a new banker, okay? So let's talk about really quickly the five C's. Four of them are pretty easy to kind of cover. One of them, which is credit, I'm gonna take a little time just to make sure we're all on the same page for how credit scores are, are, are you know, basically how they're, how they're weighted and how they're figured out the different aspects of it. And then after that, we'll um, talk about essential documentation and then we'll have our panelists come and uh, give you some great information. So five C's, you may have heard this before, but when lenders are assessing whether or not they're gonna loan you some money, here are the things they, they think about, okay? So first, oh, if I let me go back to this, this slide. So the five C's are conditions, capacity, capital, collateral, and character, okay? And actually this, this, uh, this article on Vestipedia, this is actually where I got this from. I didn't make this all up myself. I'll send you, I'll put this link in the chat so you can check it out. Highly recommend it. A really concise, well-written uh, explanation of the five C's and you can go there. There's even some additional videos and other, other resources. I'd highly recommend going and checking it out so you can make sure you're familiar because what I'm gonna show you is if you understand it, you can then take action and adjust your finances, how much you're spending, what percentage you, you, uh, you know, you, of balance you keep on a credit card. Maybe now while things are good, you go and ask for an additional amount of, of credit. So then your debt to income ratio automatically drops. We're going to talk about that, you know, high level really quickly. But I, these are the kind of things I also want you to ask our panel about as they talk about how they can loan you some money and some of the things that they would need for you to do in order for that to happen. So first, uh, first of the five C's is credit. Okay. I'm sorry, excuse me, is character, which really to me is credit. Uh, with, with credit, it's really important that you understand that there are components that make up your credit score and the way that the banker looks at, it, or the lender looks at it, like, look, if you're not paying your other bills on time, why should I loan you some money? Or if you have high balances all the time, that's risky. Or, Hey, you just got a whole bunch of new credit. That's risky. So if you're, if your behavior is showing that you're a risky individual, then you may not be someone 
uh, someone who doesn't normally pay their bills or that kind of thing, then they're like, well, you know, that's not the kind of person we want to loan money to. Let's talk a little bit more about that. So with, so obviously you've heard of FICO, I'm sure you've heard of FICO scores. You, you know, you, you're trans, you and your Experian uh, credit scores and Equifax. Those are the three main uh, uh, credit scoring agencies. But here's, here's, here's how it works. Okay. If you ever wondered how do they figure this out? So I'll just, I'll go through it. There's number one payment history. Okay. And that's the, that's the most important factor in your FICO score. Okay. So, and FICO stands for like Fair Isaac's company. And so, but your FICO score and they manage the credit scores, uh, or they come up with this, this way to determine the credit scores and work with the different credit bureaus. But the, your FICO score, 35% of it is weighted on your payment history. So are you paying people on time? Okay. That's huge. If you don't pay the people you already have on time, why should we lend money to you? Okay. So obviously as you're thinking about your budget each, each month, as your cash flow comes in, it's like, Oh, I'll just pay them when I pay them. Like, look, you're hurting yourself for future access to capital. So thinking about how you can always have the best cash flow and you can plan ahead so that you, you're able to pay your bills on time. But if you don't, you're going to mess yourself up for getting additional credits. You can grow in the future. So you always have to keep your accounts in good standing to build a healthy history. Number two, 30%. That's amounts owed. Okay. So if you've got a $100, let's say a hundred dollar credit line and you're at, let's say $80 every single, you know, all the time you carry a balance of $80, you're at 80%. That's to a lender, that would be scary. Like, wow, they're usually maxing out on their, on their available credit all the time. I don't want to lend money to them, okay? That, and it's because the thing is, if you're, if you're at that level, you have a higher risk of defaulting. Well, look, if they just miss one month, if something happens one month, someone gets sick or they have a slow month, they'll probably not be able to pay their bills. And then the next month, it'll be more. And, and then they're going to default pretty easily. So you want to manage your your balances and keep them as low as possible. When things are good, ask for balancing, I mean, uh, increases. And we're going to talk to our lenders a little bit. They can give you more information on that. So you can keep it. I, I think, I think usually they say like, you know, 15, 20, 30%, like under that, you should be okay. As far as amounts owed on, as far as your credit lines and loans, I mean, your credit lines and credit cards, but you can ask them specifically about that once we talk to them. Next length of credit history. So how long have your credits, how long have you had accounts? How long, how long has it been? How, if, how long have they been uh, established? What's your oldest account? How old is your newest account? The average age, excuse me, of all your accounts? How long specific credit accounts have, have been established? How long since you use certain accounts? All those things are, are what lenders look at. So you have to pay attention so that you can be able to access capital when you need it. We all need capital to grow. And then four and five credit mix. This is only 10% of, of what they weight as far as uh, your credit score. So do you have credit cards, retail accounts, installment loans, finance companies, you don't in mortgages, you don't have to have all of those things, but they look at that to see what your credit mix is. And then new credit, another 10%. 
that if you have a lot of, if you go and you open up a whole lot of, uh, of, of accounts, often that means maybe something's wrong. So you should be really strategic on and how often you open up a new account and not doing a whole bunch at the same time. But once again, you should, you know, when, we, when our, our panelists come on, they're going to give you more information and more about that. So that was just the first C. The rest I'm not going to dig as deep into. I want to make sure we were all on the same page as far as what goes into a credit score. The next thing is capacity. So this really focuses on the debt to income ratio. Okay. So if you look at your total monthly payments, like your expenses, like all the debts you got to pay out every month, right? And then you divide that by your income. All right. So if you're like, my expenses are a hundred bucks a month and I only make a hundred and I make a hundred bucks a month, every single thing I, I have, I'm putting right back out. That's scary to a lender, right? So the lower the uh, debt to income is, the better. So if you make a hundred bucks, then probably having like 30 bucks in expenses would be a good thing. That's more attractive to a lender. And, and, and also the reason why, so I, and just to kind of put a finer point on that, this should be like an action, call to action for you. So whatever you can do to, not even whatever, being strategic about how you increase your revenue and then minimizing your expenses, doing it strategically so that you can have control, you have control over it, but being smart about it. So when you go and you talk to your lender, you know what your debt to income ratio is and it's not 80%, it's, you know, it's closer to 30. Capital. So how much, you know, really it's like skin in the game. Like how serious are you? Are you going to put money down on that car, put money down on that house? Do you have money in the bank already? Or, you know, do you have, uh, uh, you know, any, any type of stocks or, or bonds or things like that, you know, bonds with a bank or whatever, or, uh, you know, whatever it is to show the bank that you're serious and that you do a good job of, of uh, managing your money. But then also, though, that you, you know, that, that, you know, you're not in a bad situation why you need, uh, why you need this additional money from them. Things are good. I see. That's funny, right? It's not, oh, if I don't get this money, I'm going to shut down. They don't want to talk to you then. It's like, look, things are good. Things are in a good place. This is me preparing for my growth next year. I've got money in the bank. I've been putting money. I've been, my pricing, I've been putting a hundred bucks away for, for every Every batch of cupcakes every day that goes towards having money in the bank so I can leverage that in order to get more, more capital later. It shows that forethought and that's attractive to a lender. Next collateral. Okay. So things that are, you know, secured loans. So if you go and you get a loan for a car or a house, okay, that's secured by that property. If you mess up and don't pay, there's going to take the property back. And those, and those are usually a little more attractive than, signature loans where it's like, look, I'm just gonna go ahead and just, you know, give you this money and hope you pay me back. So it's really important to, you know, to start to think about what, what do I have in my business? Do I have equipment that I can sell? Do I have equipment that in case things went bad that I could get rid of or sell or whatever the case is? And the bank wants to see that too. Uh, and if you need to leverage that in order to get additional capital, then that should be an option. But, you know, that should be a part of your plan, things you wanna consider. And then the fifth C is conditions. So like right now, like today, the stock market jumped, right? It doesn't simply mean that the economy is, you know, is doing a lot better, but the part of, you know, but that affects the availability of money that affects the interest rates, how much you have to pay to, to get money. 
So all these things are important and your lender looks at this and say, okay, how's the economy right now? Or is money tight? Do we need to increase the, the level? You know, maybe credit scores have to be at 700 now. They were 680 before COVID, but now they got to be at 700 because we got to work with borrowers who are a little more serious, have a much better, you know, have a little bit better credit history so we can get paid back. Okay. Also, it's important for you to explain what you want to use the money for. That's important. Like I want to use this money to do these things, these specific things in order to make my business grow. Okay. And then also the state of the economy, industry trends, uh, pending legislative changes, all those things can really uh, loosen up or, or loosen up the flow of money or tighten it. And, and it may affect whether or not you can get a, uh, get a loan or not, or get access to capital. And then finally, uh, documentation. So uh, all these things we, you know, I think you have access to, we've talked about these in the past. First, business registration documents. So whatever your type of business entity is, articles of organization or incorporation or whatever, operating agreement, partnership agreement, you, you know, in most cases, they might want to see that or they'll ask for that. Uh, have a loan application completed, have a personal ID, things you know about, two to three years of personal taxes, two to three years of business taxes. So I would not recommend walking in there without having your taxes done, okay? Six months of personal bank statements. So remember we talked about not mixing personal and business uh, expenses, okay? So having a, having a personal account and being able to show, hey, I figured out, remember we talked about this, I figured out my, my monthly expenses. Every month I put a certain amount in there, I pay myself, cover my personal expenses, but the rest of the money stays in the business account and I, and I pay everything out through that. And here's every transaction so you can see it. Collateral information, so maybe you've got a car you paid off or some equipment. Um, summary of the use of funds, so like, hey, this is what I'm gonna do to use the money. They may also ask for a business plan that has, you know, summarizes all this information. And then uh, often I've seen them ask for management resume. So you wanna take out this loan, but what have you done in the past? Have you ever actually made cannolis before? And uh, if that's not the case, that's obviously a little more risky. Or do you have a, a partner who's made cannoli? Who's gonna actually cook the cannolis? Oh, they're not a partner? They're the ones bringing the recipe? Well, that's dangerous and scary, right? So things like that you wanna be prepared for. And sometimes I'll see them ask for profit and loss statements and balance sheets prepared by a CPA, okay? So I know I went through these things pretty fast, but I wanted, and, and I know most of these things are, are actually, you're probably pretty familiar with. Um, hopefully you picked up some additional information with that, but you know, as always, we have a lot of different types of businesses and people love levels of experience in the cohorts. We have to level set. So that was really the level set. Now what we're going to get into is really the experts sharing their, their uh, years of experience and really giving some great information that you can benefit from. So what I'm going to do is uh, I'm going to introduce them. Uh, I'm actually going to read their names on this for the end of this video, stop the video. And then from there, uh, we'll start the next video to actually um, just focus on the actual panel. But uh, this week, as I said before, we have uh, Caitlin Bernal from Kiva, your crowdfunding, uh, Janice Walker from the Department of Labor, Jim Peterson, incredible, uh, just incredible source of information. He's at M&T Bank now. He ran the Small Business Resource Center here in Baltimore for many years. Kelly Swan, whose expertise, she has great real estate investing expertise, but then also she's going to talk about business credit. 
And then uh, McKeever Conwell, who's an expert on uh, investors. Uh, we are excited to hear from him as well. So once again, thank you to all the participants for, for paying attention and listening. Uh, we're going to have our panel shortly. And of course, thank you to our panel for uh, agreeing to work with us, uh, the Baltimore Business Program this week. So this is Will Holmes wrapping up the presentation on best practices uh, section of, of session six. Uh, and this is uh, through the Baltimore Means Business Entrepreneurship Growth Program brought to you by Morgan State University Earl Grace School of Business. Thank you.